So it is Super Bowl Sunday. How many Patriots fans do we have out there amongst us today? Yeah. <laughs> and Rams fans, how many of those? Few. How many of you were right in the middle and don't really care one way or the other? Right. How many of you are there for the food or the commercials? Yeah, a bunch of fans. Very good. Well, on this Super Bowl Sunday, I feel like I almost need to reintroduce myself to all of you, having been gone for so much of late. Uh, this sense I have of being absent actually began last month with uh, the cancellation of worship services on Sunday, January 13th because of the heavy snow. Remember that? Seems like light years away already, doesn't it? And I left for Iowa the very next morning, oh dark hundred, on Monday, January 14th, and returned this past Monday, January 28th. From everyone in my family, please know how grateful we are to all of you, the members and friends of this congregation, for the outpouring of love and prayers and support at my mother's passing. At age 96, my mom was more than ready to go and be with the Lord. Truly, hers was a blessed death, and we rejoice in that resurrection victory that she has now. But still, whether our mother is uh, 36 or 66 or 96, it is the person who gave you life. It was my privilege to preach the sermon at her funeral. Nobody asked me to do that. There was no ex expectation. Oh, so you're the pastor in the family. You can do that. None of that. Um, that was what I wanted to do. And I rejoice that I was able to do that. Iowa in January equals cold and winter. But I am really thankful I got out before the polar vortex uh, set in. When I left Monday morning, it was snowing, the wind was blowing from the northwest 30 miles an hour, and the temperature, the air temperature, was single digits. And it only got worse from there. Now this was my daughter's first ever experience of being in my home state in January. And they all said the same thing. Dad, we love you, but we're never going back. <laughs> well, they'll go back, just, just not in January. So when I received word on that Sunday afternoon, January 13th, that my mother was in rapidly declining health, I knew what I had to do. You know, there are points in life when you know you just have to pick up and you have to go no matter what is on your to-do list or your calendar. And I knew that at this particular point in time, I was being sent back to my little hometown for this purpose, to be with my mom in her final days and prepare for her homegoing from this life to life eternal. It is that sense of purpose that's before us in today's scripture readings, both the Old Testament lesson in Jeremiah and the gospel lesson from Luke 4. And this becomes the theme for preaching today, using the very words of Jesus himself from the gospel lesson, I was sent for this 
purpose. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching, the hearing, and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. I was sent for this purpose. That comes through loud and clear in that Old Testament lesson with the call from God to the prophet Jeremiah. And God makes clear that he has a plan, he has a purpose for young Jeremiah. In fact, God's plan and purpose for Jeremiah were in place long before Jeremiah was ever even born. The Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Wow, that is some kind of calling, and I'm sure Jeremiah felt no pressure whatsoever, right? He felt wholly inadequate for the task to which God was calling him. And like so many others before him, so many others after him, he wanted out. He wanted out of the task to which God was calling him. He said, ah, Lord God, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a youth. How many of us could relate to that, at least at some point in life? We can all come up with a thousand different excuses why God should look for somebody else when he's calling us to a specific task. I'm not qualified. Let somebody else do it. Now's not a good time. I'm busy doing other things, and on and on it goes. But here's the thing. God does not always choose to call those whom we believe are qualified, but God always qualifies those whom he chooses to call. And that's certainly true with me in my own life. I did not grow up in a parsonage, the son of a pastor schooled in theology and church. Nope. I grew up on a farm, the son of a farmer schooled in livestock and field work. But the same Lord who called Jeremiah called me also. And that's an amazing and humbling thing. The words of the Lord to Jeremiah were before me at my ordination into the office of the public ministry more than 30 years ago, that banner right over there. It was standing as it is now at the front of the sanctuary of my home congregation where I was ordained, where my mother's funeral took place here. And I have it rolled up in my closet in my office because there's no wall space for it right now. Someday I'll bring it out and put it up again. But it's a reminder, a reminder to me of this sacred calling of which I am not worthy except by the saving grace of God. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth, says the Lord. 
not my words, but God's words. I follow in Jeremiah's train because I was sent for this purpose to proclaim what the Lord has said. And like Jeremiah, at times, I also feel wholly inadequate for the task which is before me. You see, it's only by the amazing grace of God, only through his grace to help in time of need, that any of us can do the tasks for which God has called us. I was sent for this purpose. That's what Jesus is all about in the gospel lesson for today as he teaches, as he casts out demons, as he heals the sick, as he spends quiet time with his father early in the morning. The local folks there in Capernaum didn't want Jesus to go. And if they had their way, they would have locked Jesus up in a room somewhere and keep him all to themselves. But you see, Jesus' mission is much bigger than that. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And behind this urgency of going on to the next town and then the next town after that and so on is the saving truth that Jesus was sent for all people not just a select few, but every tribe and people and race and language because God's desire is that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus, who came to teach, to heal, to cast out demons, also came to offer his life as the once-for-all sacrifice for sins, the sins of the whole world, the evil we've done, the good we have failed to do, your sins and mine. The sinless Son of God was sent for this very purpose, to suffer and die on the cross, taking our place, dying the death that we rightly deserved. You see, Jesus died that we might live and that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him, so that we might live in righteousness for him who loved us and gave himself for us. This, my friends, this is the good news that makes an eternal difference in the lives of people. But how are they going to hear about all that God in Christ has done unless we share this with them? And that's where each one of us has a unique calling from God. It is true that pastors are called to preach the good news of Jesus. We do this willingly and gladly, and we take that calling very seriously. But it is also true that each and every one of us is called to be a witness of Jesus through our baptism into Christ's death and resurrection. That's what this season of serving Jesus, living in community is all about. 
You see, each one of us has access to circumstances, to people, to situations that I'll never have as a pastor, but you have. You have that. That is your unique mission field. And the Lord God who set apart Jeremiah has set you apart for this unique calling to be his hands and his feet and his mouth to share the love of Jesus in that unique mission field that is your own, your home, your neighborhood, your place of work, your school, with friends, neighbors, and at the heart of our sharing Jesus is love. It's as simple as that, and it is as profound as that which is what Paul writes in the epistle lesson for today. He tells us what that looks like. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. My friends, this is the purpose for which we are sent, to hold out the love of Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. Love is at the heart of who we are and what we're all about as the body of Christ. Love is what moves us to serve the homeless as we did this past week at the hypothermia shelter partnering with St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Springfield. Love is what moves us to gather together on a Saturday morning and put together 10,000 meal packages to help the hungry and places around the world. Love is what moves us for more than 10 years to send a team of people from this congregation and beyond to Haiti to serve as Jesus' ambassadors there, those people having left just yesterday morning. Love is what moves us to see the world no longer through our own eyes, but through the eyes of Jesus. This is the purpose for which we are sent. From Jeremiah to Jesus, from then to now, from time to eternity, may that love of Jesus be the purpose for which we are sent. Amen.